Hi, and welcome to Women's Health Clarity, the podcast giving a big voice to the things women worry about. I'm Chloe Bunter, Pilates teacher, trainer, and creator of the Pilates Instructor Hub. My mission is to help you feel empowered in your body to move fearlessly. And I'm Kate Spina, nutritionist, award-winning chef, eating disorder survivor, helping you feel more confident about what you eat. Together, we're delivering the truth bombs you need to feel more empowered about your health, physical, emotional, and mental. If you find this episode helpful, we'd love you to leave us a review, subscribe, and share this with other women in your life. We'd also like to take the time to make an acknowledgement of country. We acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders peoples as the first Australians and traditional custodians of the lands where we live, learn and work. Chloe from the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and Kate the Gadigal and Wangal peoples of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello, Chloe. Hello, everyone. Today's topic is a big one. We're talking about iron. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Hi, Kate. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to today's topic. It's a topic that is close to my heart and to many others as well. Um, before we dive into that, I'd just like to say how much the last episode on what to cook when you can't be fucked. Uh, P.S. Uh, swearing um what to cook when you can't be fucked um has kind of revolutionized my cupboards my fridge my cooking um yeah I do this really delicious pasta now Kate awesome yeah so do you want me to tell you what's in it Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, okay, la, la, what did she say? Pesto, da, da, da. Okay. So this one has, it's wholemeal pasta just because I love the taste of wholemeal pasta. I find it really yummy. Um, so wholemeal spirals with pesto, funnily enough, uh, mm. pesto artichokes. So I went and decided on all the, you know, the little jars of um, veggies that I like. So there's artichokes, there's uh, capers because I love capers. Um, there is tuna and there is a heap of lemon juice all mixed up together. Yum. Sounds delicious. How easy was it? So easy. And then you can put a little bit of Parmesan, Parmesan cheese on top. Um, and of course could add in some more fresh veg. Um, but yeah, so, so like, it's actually really good. Like I ate it and I went, this doesn't taste like something I've cooked. (laughs) When am I having guests over? <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. You just get in and you just you just give it a go. And, and for me, well, for me, the real game changer was throwing in like what I think what's made it taste really kind of a bit bougie is throwing in some of those super easy um, veggies from the jar. Yeah, that, oh, they're fantastic. That have that delicious taste, and all of a sudden it tastes like it's something really fancy. But there's only you know five ingredients in there or something and it you know took all of I I did all of that in the one pot because I boiled up the pasta and then popped everything else in and just heated heated it through yeah yeah that's it that's what I would do if I was having a really quick pasta it was so delicious so if you are listening to this episode because you're interested in iron and you're like oh what episode is that it's the episode just before this one uh what to cook when you can't be fucked cooking and it's a game changer if you can't be fucked cooking so yeah 
Awesome. So, so thanks, Kate. Thanks. I, I was like, ooh, I've got a friend who's a chef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really empowering and just the – Having even just a little bit of confidence in cooking for yourself is such a lovely act of self-care. Oh, I, I was so proud of myself. It felt so good. And and sitting down and eating something that genuinely tasted it, I, like give it a go, listeners, if what I said sounded good to you because um, it was actually so delicious. And I was like, wow, it's so nice that I've cooked myself something delicious. And also I feel more confident too now that if I needed to cook a meal for someone else, yeah. Um, I could quite happily whip that up and be like, yeah, I know this is delicious. I also put on the second um, round of it because I had extra left. I um, had some avocado. So uh-huh. I just chopped up actually some fresh avocado on top and it was really yummy too. That sounds delicious. Who and it even sounds- am I, Kate? Who am I? don't even <laughs> know myself anymore. <laughs> You're just feeling more confident. You have more skills. I mean, it sounds like you did you did that thing because like when when we were chatting in the last episode you said that you just like you don't you didn't feel confident going looking for new ingredients because that just felt overwhelming so it sounds like you've gone and had a really good recon of that jarred vegetable aisle and found some things that work for you so that's awesome that's awesome so thanks Kate um so iron we're going to talk about iron and I mean iron I know you will see in your clinical practice that it's something that affects so many people so many people and I'd love to I'm interested sorry yeah can we be clear it affects so many women well I was about to say that I'm curious to know is it predominantly women and I'm and I'm guess we're going to go into those things and I'm going to put my hand up and say probably blood loss with periods is one of them um Mm -hmm. I know that's a huge one for me and it's funny because um, when Kate messaged me, we were, you know, deciding on what topic this week would be and literally the morning she messaged me and she said, oh, yeah, what about iron? I was marching myself off to um, the doctors where they have a nurse uh, to actually get my iron infusion because um, I had, a, you know, I've spoken before, I've got some great doctors, actually met a new one recently who's wonderful and she's just like, oh, I just want to do she's very proactive. She's like, I just want to do your bloods. You know, you're about to turn 45. Um, let's just see how you're doing, how you're feeling. I'm like, okay, this sounds great. And came back to that in the space of just six months, my iron had totally tanked out again. And I'd had an iron infusion last year and it had bumped my iron up nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the space of literally just six months my ferritin and I'd love to dig deeper into because there's always I've always got to google what does ferritin mean what does this mean (laughs) um so I'd love I'm looking forward to explaining that but I had basically dropped from 62 Mm -hmm. um and then in the space of between tests it was six months um I had dropped right down to 18. Oh wow yeah well I think I think we just and I wondered why I was feeling shit Kate (laughs) Yeah, so actually let's let's talk about the signs of low iron. Let's go straight into that. So feeling shit is And it's and it's an and it's a different shit. Like there's there's feeling shit and there's feeling shit. You know, like you know, you've yeah. got a bit of a hangover and you know kind of why you're feeling shit, or you've got a cold, or you're stressed, or this or that. I find yeah. that the because this has happened to me throughout my life, I find that the iron tanking out it, it's like this um 
brain fog, um, really hard to do anything. Like it's very hard for me to click my brain in and action into gear and and do things. Like I'm I'm definitely not as productive. Um, I have a constant sense of feeling tired no matter Mm. how many coffees. Like I can be that person that's had the five coffees and – um, you know, might be speaking really quick, but still feels really tired. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, fatigue, loss of concentration. Mm. Um, I was actually looking at a study this morning on um, that was done in Britain, and they were asking women with low iron to like rate their symptoms. Uh-huh. And in the top five um, was brain fog, which was also sometimes reported as mummy brain. Oh. So it's really interesting that 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 loss of concentration was, you know, a lot of women are probably prone to just go, oh, it's just because I've had kids. Right. Well, and I'm you- sitting, um, no kids for me and I no. know what, the fog is real. <laughs> yeah, so loss of concentration, finding it really hard to right. so work becomes harder. Yes. Might get headaches more regularly, especially around the time of your period. Ah. Ah, yep. Shortness of breath. Interesting. Um, heart palpitations aren't um, uncommon. Dry or weak hair and skin, um, hair loss. And we know that when your iron is low, you have an increased risk of anxiety and depression. So you might notice changes in your mood as well. Hey, um, whoa. This is, Kate, this is fascinating because the symptoms you are saying and then the effect like like the, the the effects that it could be having yeah it's kind of like you could get really confused thinking it might be something else couldn't you like for instance as you were saying women self-reporting that it was mummy brain or um you know to be honest I was starting to think with my lack of concentration I was thinking do I need to go I, honestly I was going to go and look into getting tested for ADHD for some other different what, what what else yeah. might be going on for me all of these things because it was feeling I was feeling so scattered yeah um and I was like okay I need to look into more of this like what's going on why can't I concentrate um yeah and then those symptoms too where you're like well it could increase anxiety and it's interesting because some of those things you're talking about with the, the shortness of breath um things like that too kind of could you know be you know when you're anxious you can feel like that as well so this is this is interesting isn't it and it's sounding like um if you're feeling these ways and if you're presenting to a doctor like this perhaps one of those first point of call should be a blood test to check your iron oh absolutely i think if i hit the nail on the head absolutely so let's talk blood test because the the ultimate sign of low iron is a blood test. So you spoke about ferritin before, and I think iron blood tests can be really confusing because when you get them back, hopefully, hopefully your GP has sent you for iron studies, not just a ferritin test. So in your iron studies, you'll get a little panel and there'll be your iron result, your transferrin, um, your transferrin saturation and your ferritin. Um, and sometimes, you know, three out of four of those be fine and one will be, you know, in the red and you'll be told that you're normal. So 
the important result to look at here is your ferritin, the one that you said. Ah, is just- so, yeah, right. This is your best um, indicator of what's actually going on with your iron studies. Like this, so ferritin is your stored iron. Um, so it's a good indication of what's going on with your iron levels. Um, so that's the one that I look closely at. So, so Kate, there's, and then I guess you're going to say what the other one, so there's stores, so that's the ferritin is the stores and basically we need good stores there for instance if, can, can, can you talk about no, it's why not, it's important to have good stores? Yeah, so like, I mean, w- you need iron, all those signs of low iron, that fatigue, the pal- palpitations, shortness of breath, you know, hair and skin um, looking a bit unhealthy is because one of the main uses of iron in your body is to help you transport oxygen in your red blood cells. Yes. So just think about what that feels like when you're not getting enough of that circulating. And, yeah, if your brain's not getting enough oxygen um, or optimal oxygen is is better, um, then that's that's why you're going to feel fatigued. So Right. So. But Chris, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump over you there. I'm just sort of putting putting the picture together in my head. So my understanding, so ferritin is the stores, but the the actual iron that's circulating around the body mm. is. Which? So that's looking at transferrin and your transferrin saturation. So if you think about transferrin like your little iron buses transporting your little iron passengers around your body mm-hmm. and helping you helping you like transport your oxygen. Um, so you want to look at that, make sure you have enough like iron transportation happening and then you look at your saturation and that's how many sort of iron passengers are getting on those buses. So I look at those as well. Um, when I'm looking at iron studies, but ferritin is is by far the the one, the most important one for me. And and two things here that I'd like to mention is that I have lost count of the number of times that a woman will will come to me for a consult and she'll bring her blood test and she'll say, oh, the doctor said my iron was fine because it was one point over the cutoff for being iron deficient Mm. and it's just like you're not fine if you're 31 instead of 29 like that like let's not wait for your ferritin levels to be 18 for example because that's really low Mm. and the other thing is um so you have low iron so we can see that with low ferritin but anemia which is um which is a slightly different thing, is when they're looking at your hemoglobin levels. Okay, this is yeah. so this is why I, I was sounding a little bit baffled before, not just because of the low iron people. Um, <laughs> because this is yes, I feel like doctors talk about different things and look at different things and yeah. I think I get confused and I think potentially a lot of us would get confused between the difference between iron stores and anemia. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's what I was, that's where I was getting confused with. Yeah. So <laughs> if your iron is low enough to actually significantly affect. So your ferritin. So if your ferritin stores are low enough. 
your ferritin stores are low enough okay. um, to significantly affect that hemoglobin level in your red blood cells. So that oxygen right. level cells, you'll see that come in your blood test results as low hemoglobin. And right. that's when diagnosed with anemia. Now, uh-huh. Chloe did a little swear warning before. I'm just going to like just really warn you. Okay. Oh. <laughs> because... Because what's coming? Okay, what I'm going to tell you next is so fucked up beyond belief. Wow. Well, like this is the biggest face palm moment ever. So, if low hemoglobin is the official diagnosis yeah. for anemia, which allows you to be treated for low iron much more easily, it is recognised that just having low ferritin will cause problems. But some doctors will right. ignore that until yes. you. Have- have low hemoglobin yes Kate and that has is what and this is why when I said yes and that's what I've come up against before yeah 100% I am going to post the most amazing review article in the show notes that was done in um, 2021 um, by several experts in their field one of them is actually Australia it's called the misogyny of iron deficiency. Oh, I like that name. Yeah. <laughs> they had me at misogyny. <laughs> there, were, there were so many fucks. Like, I was, I was taught so much when I was reading this. Okay, so think about this. Uh-huh. Women lose iron each month if they're menstruating. Yeah. They also, their hemoglobin goes down when they are pregnant. Right. So when the World Health Organization is going to put forward their definition of anemia, who do you think who do you think has a harder time actually being diagnosed for anemia? So if you're a man and so you're not you're not bleeding, you're not losing iron each month, if you're a man, you'll be defined as being anemic if your hemoglobin is under 130 grams per litre. Okay? If you're a woman, you have to wait until your hemoglobin is actually below 120. And if you're pregnant, it's not until it's below 110 that you are defined as anemic. So women lose more iron each month, but the criteria for them being diagnosed as anemic is stricter. Why? Oh, okay. This is the why. And this is even more first. That if that is I wish everyone that could have just seen my, seen my face right then. It was like, oh. <laughs> I can imagine. I think it was probably oh, my fuck. So this fantastic review, the misogyny of um, of um, iron deficiency. What a name for a paper. Looks, <laughs> actually looks at why. So first of all, there is no evidence that supports the idea that women need less hemoglobin than men. Right. But... When reference ranges on blood tests are being established, they look at a large population and they look at what's normal in most of that population. Mm -hmm. So that reference range is probably has been determined simply because there are women out there with low ferritin, low hemoglobin, Mm. and it just hasn't been recognised. Again, I say this all the time, just because it's not like common doesn't mean it's healthy. Mm. So like that, so not only is it more common in, uh, not only is anemia and low iron 
just more common in women. Not only do we recognise the negative effects of that, it is actually harder for women to be diagnosed as anemic, and that's just fucked up beyond the. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's not. It's not okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially when we, we blame the symptoms on oh, mummy brain, or maybe or, I'm just tired, or, or anxious, or overworked or yeah 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 yeah, completely um it's really interesting actually um okay so there's quite a few things there that that i'm finding really interesting um and i think that i think it's been explained to me before that yeah low ferritin Mm. doesn't really affect you unless something so i guess that's what i was saying to you before we need the stores because in case we lose a lot of blood or this or that um, you know because it's been explained to me before that well so as long as you still got some in the stores like and your hemoglobin's fine then you shouldn't actually be being affected by that ferritin rating yeah but like what we expect like those reference ranges for women in what's considered you know, standard or normal iron levels for women, I think, are way too low. And they've recently been, mm. um, like, changed. Mm. Um, but I'm I'm not really happy unless I see iron levels above 50 in women, and that's normally really hard. I see lots of women sort of hovering between 30 and 50. I see lots of women below that. Below 30, you're going to feel really tired. Right. So, so yeah, so I'm, I'm sitting over here, 18. It's, yeah. It's really was light bulb moment as to why I was feeling like I'm feeling. Um, and I'm so lucky that I have, you know, this great doctor, and this is a new doctor actually, and she just said, well, would you like to get an infusion? I'm like, yes. But um, with that, Kate, just side note, it, they're expensive. Like it's, yeah. it's like I, it, you're in a pretty privileged position, yeah. uh, it, particularly in Australia. I don't know what this is like anywhere else in the world but for me it was a bit of a shock the infusion was with with having the nurse do the do the IV and then also I needed to go and buy the couple of bottles of iron at the pharmacy beforehand Mm. um all up it was two hundred and forty six dollars yeah, so that's just that's significant for a lot of people. That's yeah. a lot of like that's a lot of yeah. money. That's you know, yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, I I did it because I was like, well, I know, like I've had them before, and I know how much better I'm gonna. Mm. Well, I hope <laughs> how much better mm. I'm gonna feel in a couple of weeks. But yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It just seemed. I just I just had this real feeling that that just felt very privilege like that's so expensive like how can we pump someone's ferritin levels up faster and cheaper I don't know yeah and especially when you look at the you know some of the causes of low iron and what situation a person might be in at that time so like um you know during pregnancy it's pretty common for iron and and hemoglobin to go down right so if you have just had a new baby and your ferritin is low and possibly your hemoglobin low as well, 
you know, so you've probably had some time off work. You're probably planning more time off work. You, you have less disposable income. And yet here you are, um, you know, in a situation where you're already feeling tired and then you throw low iron on top of that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think, again, we've, we've talked a lot about things which affect women and how that pans out um, financially. Um and it's just, it's just fucked. Mm. Um, yeah, because I really, I mean, it really, it really did bum me out that uh, thinking of how much that was and, yeah, what, what can we, you know, and how shit so many people must be feeling and how can we, you know, what can, what, what's the best thing to do? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess you can help with that, right, Kate? Yeah, so let's let's look at some of the causes of low iron because that will give you an idea of what you can do. Yeah. And then we'll talk about um, a couple of my tips. Awesome. Can- and can I just ask, when you say low iron, are you mm. particularly referring to ferritin, hemoglobin, or you're referring to the whole shebang? I'm just referring to the whole shebang okay. because people won't won't know about ferritin. They'll yep. just talk about iron. Right. So, okay. um, but yeah, you know, if you've got blood tests, though, always get some help deciphering those and figuring out what your best course of action is. Um, So I I mentioned that pregnancy puts high demands in your iron. It's pretty common for your your iron levels to go down during pregnancy. If you don't eat, um, so if you don't get enough iron through your diet, so if you're vegetarian or vegan or simply don't have meat or chicken or fish that often, then you're just not getting enough through your diet. So if that's you, and you know you have low iron or you suspect it, then you can think about increasing um, some of those foods. Then what if you are getting those foods, though? Um, what if you and, – and these – I put out a call for some questions and I, I, I got so many questions and they were all very similar. Um, and one theme was, you know, I'm actually eating red meat, I'm taking a supplement – but my iron levels just aren't budging. So then we're looking at poor absorption. So we're talking right. gut. Yeah. So and something I've seen much more over the last couple of years is low stomach acid. So you need low stomach acid. You need optimal amounts of stomach acid to help you break down your food and absorb it properly. Um, stress can impact your stomach acid. It can deplete zinc and therefore you're you're you know consuming iron but you're just not absorbing it at its ah, best so you just said zinc as zinc and iron something that are important together uh, not necessarily together but you need zinc in your diet um in order for you to produce the amount of stomach acid you you need so we'll talk about okay. actually what what things you can take to increase your iron absorption but um Yes, I, I typically see low zinc on blood tests along with low iron and high stress. Ah. So um, that, that could be a reason. The other thing still thinking about absorption is poor gut lining health. Um, so we see that typically in undiagnosed celiac disease with um, an overgrowth of bad bacteria with some, like, um, harmful bacteria in there. Um with small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, so causing some inflammation in your gut lining. So you've got to eat the iron or take it in a supplement, then it has to be absorbed 
hopefully through really lovely, healthy gut lining. So that's another reason why that may not be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then still thinking about absorption is what you take your iron supplements with or what you eat iron-rich foods with. So the tannins in tea and coffee and wine and calcium, so calcium is found in dairy foods or calcium-fortified plant foods, both those things can mean you absorb much less of the iron in food or a supplement. So everyone out there who's taking your iron supplement in the morning and washing it down with your latte, please stop. Mm. Yeah. Um, Most people find they take their supplements, whatever they are, much more consistently in the morning. I do too. Totally get it. But breakfast is a common time when we're having, you know, milk or yogurt on cereal or having a coffee or a milky tea. So try and and, and give yourself an hour or two either side of um, your iron supplementation before you have those foods. That's really interesting. Do yeah. um, Kate, do you see an increase um, in uh, iron deficiency in, around perimenopause? Like uh, in my head, I'm coming into you know thinking about the whole um, the heavier potentially the heavier periods, the really you know the yeah. flooding um, kind of periods, which I know have been affecting me as I'm getting getting towards you know. Yeah, absolutely. In the later 40s. So, yeah, just curious um, whether yeah. with that increased blood loss. Absolutely. So um, you've, you've hit the nail on the head with another cause of low iron. So you could actually be eating a diet rich in iron. You could be taking iron supplementation. So what could also be going on here? Bleeding. Mm. So if you have heavy periods in general, if you've hit perimenopause and suddenly you're having atrociously heavy periods mm. but maybe time you're not and and you know that can impact it as well there can also be other causes of bleeding so things like stomach ulcers crohn's disease ulcerative colitis um, fibroids um we also generally see heavy bleeding heavy periods associated with endometriosis so that it's not uncommon to see those um paired together so, and again, you know, um, women go to a GP with heavy periods and they're told that it's it's normal when actually it's like, well, okay, it's, it's not normal. Let's look at what could be factors in those heavy periods for you and then let's make sure the side effects aren't affecting you. So let's check your iron. That should just be... Like it's, it's a, I think it's a really tough one and um, I think we should do record an episode again on on perimenopause and menopause because we did that on our live on insta so we haven't actually popped that on the the podcast yet and it's so freaking helpful um but i think what's frustrating for me is that i i know that i'm losing this iron i mean this is happening (laughs) pretty consistently um this is now my over the last couple of years this is my third infusion um because i just keep tanking out but I don't, you know, the, the option that the doctors give me when I go in in regards to the heavy periods is, oh, well, we'll put you on the pill or we'll yeah. give you an IUD. And I'm like, I don't 
want either of those things. Like the last thing I want to do is go on the pill. And if you wonder why I listened to our episode on the pill earlier in the season, but um, yeah. you know, I, there's, the last thing I want to do is go on birth control pill at almost forty five. Yeah. Um, it just it just feels a bit tough. It's kind of like there's these. It sort of feels like these big interventions to try. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like so. I'm almost like okay. Well, do I just keep topping my iron up with infusions and maybe that's just part of how I have to handle this or you know it's yeah there are there are options out there we actually should do a, an episode on heavy periods because I find so many women aren't quite sure if their periods are heavy enough they're like oh I don't know because they're just comparing it to themselves right At the time they're like oh, I don't I don't know um so yeah we should do an episode on heavy periods and if you're out there and you're thinking that heavy periods may be a factor in your consistently low iron results, then um, two things you can focus on is supporting optimal estrogen metabolism. Your body should be doing a good job of that by itself, but sometimes it struggles. So I generally look at gut health and liver health and just make sure um, that those two systems are ticking along. Um, correctly because they can make a big difference with awesome. the let's so do that let's do that as our uh, next episode I think we'd better yeah. do that as our next episode we've spoken about it a bit I think it'll be so helpful yeah um, let's yeah that. um and then things like and I find that in women um things like Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis mm. can just be written off as you know I just have bloating mm. or I just have pain um, so I typically see that these things take ages to get diagnosed um, and in the meantime you have this low-level internal bleeding or inflammation which mm. can which can um, deplete your iron levels. Um, yeah, just oh, it makes me so frustrated. <laughs> do, it makes me so frustrated. Do we have any, do you have any data, Kate, on um, how... So we, you spoke about earlier how iron deficiency affects women more than men. Do mm. we know what those sort of stats are? I was trying to find that because I, I've got the data. We know that um, it's, it's, it's probable, and I think I got this from the World Health Organization, that 20% of the world's population is anemic. Oh, wow. That's, that's when that haemoglobin is being affected. And then on top of that, there'd be probably a bigger percentage of people just with low iron. Right. Um, so we know that um, that in women who get heavy periods, the statistic is that a third of them, you can just assume a third of them are going to be iron deficient. Wow, okay. Yeah, and again, though, like a lot of women don't know or don't, don't recognise they have heavy periods. Right. It's normal for them. And you're right. like, well, like, really? No, that's not normal, darling. That's not. And they're like, oh, well, that's my mum had heavy periods. This is, this is normal for my mum. Yeah. Or this sister. And they're sort of, you know, changing a tampon every hour on a heavy day and just yeah. thinking that's common. Mm. Um, so um, I was trying to find the percentage. I looked, I think I saw statistics saying like 70 to 80% of people with low iron are going to be females. Wow. I was looking at some um, statistics for Indigenous populations in Australia mm-hmm. and actually that showed um, a high percentage of male 
um, males suffering with low iron. So I think it was looking at, so we know that women are going to be more likely to be low in iron. We know that pregnant women are women with heavy bleeding. We also, um, the, the study I looked at, I think was that if you are also um, Aboriginal, um, then you have a 50 to 55% chance of having low iron if you're female. I think it was 18% from males. So that's pretty high for men. Mm. You know, normally we see um, low iron in men who have celiac disease or some sort of internal bleeding. Um, they generally consume more iron-rich foods than, than, we, than women do. They don't have the um, depletions of pregnancy or heavy periods. Um, or things like endometriosis or fibroids. Um, so there's that factor in there as well. But, yeah, the actual I, – I, I was trying to find the actual statistics, but they eluded me this morning. If I, if I pop them up, I'll, I'll – if I find them, I'll pop them in the show notes. Mm. But, 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 yeah, that but – but also the fact that, like, they, they have – Men are more easily able to be diagnosed with anemia, but it's much less common for them. <laughs> Just with that that definition for hemoglobin, that that I honestly, like I was swearing like a trooper when I read mm-hmm. that. So okay, so we what what where to from here? <laughs> where to from here? So oh, right. What so it's it sounds that? like a lot of us have probably got so iron issues potentially um so what can we do as a general day-to-day to help support our iron okay um okay so my top my top three tips really um get the pen and paper pen and paper yeah grab a pen and paper first of all if you heard some of those signs of low iron or if you've had low iron in the past and it's been a while since you've been tested um especially if you had low iron in pregnancy i'm i'm astounded that number of things doctors will test for in pregnancy and then ignore once you've had the baby wow okay like thyroid and iron both of those things they will test those during pregnancy but once you've had the baby they just it's they just assume everything's fine and that's not the case. So first of all, get tested and don't just get your ferritin tested. Get that full iron studies panel where you're getting iron, transferrin, um, transferrin saturation and your ferritin. And if you can get your hemoglobin tested as well, fantastic. So know where you are, know your starting point, because then you'll know if what you're trying to do is working or if you need to go back and talk about changing supplementation or perhaps getting an infusion if that's right for you. So get tested, absolutely. Um, And then supplementation, first of all, is going to be, you know, if you come back and you're low, which supplement to look for. Again, I recommend getting some personal advice, but the form of iron that I love because it's gentle on the stomach and is more easily absorbed is a type of iron called iron bisglycinate. And you're going to look for a supplement um, that has that in it that also has vitamin C in it. Mm. So vitamin C is going to help you absorb that iron. And then if you're... um, if you don't need to supplement or that you haven't had that advice given to you that you are just going to focus on having some more iron-rich foods in your diet, um, if you um, eat meat and chicken and fish, then 
meat, red meat um, twice a week is often enough to maintain iron supplementation or get it up a little bit and pair that with a vitamin C rich food. So that could be something like red capsicum or broccoli. They're two um, nice vegetable sources of vitamin C. And know that there's iron also in chicken and fish. So, you know, you can spread, you can spread your iron intake across from there. If you're a vegetarian and thinking about your iron-rich foods, you can get some iron from vegetarian, from, from plant-based foods. This is where I would highly recommend getting some personalised advice because you're going to need to be a bit more on top of that than, um, than someone who eats, who eats animal products. Mm. So, so that iron supplementation or getting it through your food and vitamin C, um, don't take your supplements with anything with tannins in it, so tea, coffee, wine. Yeah, so I was just going to ask about yeah. that, Kate, because I, I am that person as well that um, finds it just easier. Like otherwise I forget to take the supplements. It's like I just, <laughs> do you know what I mean? If it's there, it's yeah. regular, there's something, blah, 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 take them. Um, what time of the – does it matter what time of the day the iron's taken? Can you just – and does um, it have to be with food? Um. Oh. Look, I, I like taking iron with food, especially if I've got a vitamin C-rich food. But often people say, well, you know, I'm having, you know, they're, often their windows of opportunity to take iron is either with breakfast or at dinner. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just worried. Yeah. It's like so, making, it makes it harder, doesn't it, if you've got to be really careful that there's also no coffee yeah. and ta- no tea and there's no um, dairy. It's like, oh, yeah. when can I take it? So I recommend um, getting a nighttime routine sorted and taking it like just before you go to bed. Um, okay. So yeah, so having that little pill box like in the bathroom next to your toothbrush or on the bedside table so that you just have a glass of water, like a little mouthful of water, take that iron tablet um, and because hopefully, you know, it's been an hour or two since you've had dinner in case you've had, um, you know, it's like halloumi or ricotta or something with dinner um or take it first thing in the morning so take it first thing in the morning when you get up and then hopefully by the time you've had a shower you've had that you know and gotten ready you've had that hour or gone for a walk you've had that hour between your iron and maybe your yogurt at breakfast something that is really interesting though in terms of iron timing is recent research in the last couple of years has found that if you take a double dose of your iron supplement every second day that it will actually increase the absorption oh yeah so i like you, that <laughs> yeah so um, convenient I, yeah if i have clients who um their iron has gone up a little bit with their supplementation so we know they're absorbing it but it just doesn't it's not going up as high as i would like and i've ticked other boxes i will get them to just to take um a double dose of their iron every second day. So we, we generally do the even days, like the second, fourth, sixth, eighth, etc. of the month. Awesome. Um, and the the blood, but the, the, can you say it again? Say the one we're, the, we're looking for. The, so the, the iron bisglycinate. Bisglycinate, bisglycinate. So the iron bisglycinate uh, has less of a chance of constipating you yeah. than the... Okay other one yeah and so that's actually another reason of low iron i see in clients who go yeah I was, yeah i was my blood test came back low 
and I was told to take this iron that, you know, that I got from the chemist, um, but it made me so constipated I had to stop. Oh, gosh, been there. Yeah. So, like, constipation is not fun. Bloating and pain is not fun. Um, And then... And then most often those people, those women aren't being offered an alternative. So if you've taken um, an iron supplement from the chemist and it's caused you problems, and it doesn't for everyone, but if it has, if you've had bloating, cramping, constipation, it's possible that that was because it was a ferrous sulfate. Yes. Yeah, so you're looking for that iron bisglycinate. You know that classic one that the doctors and the pharmacists love? The, you know, in Australia, it's that little bottle, you know, the little bottle with the red lid or the orange lid? Yeah. It's, it's basically the- like, here, here is a jar of constipation for you. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> your energy levels are going to feel up, maybe, maybe, but you're, you're going to feel like shit because you're constipated, so... <laughs> Supplementation, a good supplement can make you fantastic, but you're it's only you're only as good as the consistency you take it. Right? Like yeah, yeah. Supplement world, but if you don't want to take it because it makes you feel freaking constipated, yeah. like it's not a great supplement, then is it? So, what can you do consistently? Yeah. Um, and I actually, I had a few clients last week who were like, "Oh my god, you know, I've missed some of my iron and." You know, and because I was busy, I did this and I did that. And it turns out that they missed, they were taking their iron at least five days out of seven. Um, One of those clients had some new blood tests to look at. Her iron had increased beautifully. So that was enough. This is very exciting. I'm going to go and get some of those, that supplement um, this afternoon. And I like, I really like the idea about it that you suggested the double, double every second day. That that suits me well. Really lovely research in that. Again, um, I'll see if I can find a fairly straightforward study on that and I'll pop that in the show notes if people are interested um, just because that's, that's uh, you know, I love it when you can get more bang for your buck out of a supplement. Yeah, and I, I just like that too because me doing something every day, it just doesn't seem to happen. Um, I feel like I'd be more consistent on the, the double day. I've got, I've got a little whiteboard on the side of my fridge with um, the different, you know, Malibu my, my one of my cats. He has a he has a certain medication he needs, and this and that. I've got all that charted down. So I think maybe I add myself to the chart. Yes, because it's great. Because then I just can tick it off. So I might pop myself up on the chart with Malibu and uh, get get my iron sups in that way. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Absolutely. We are always much better at looking after other people, or in this case, pets. Than we are at looking after you ourselves. Yeah. Hey. Um. Yeah. That's so true. So true. Side note, everyone. I've uh, I've adopted a puppy, and that puppy is coming to live with myself and the cats <laughs> this Sunday. So, um. Yeah. She's beautiful, Daisy. So we'll see how that all goes. Um. The next time we record, could be a nice. little. Could be a little more hectic. Like in your background, Kate, I can hear some pretty chirping birds. Let's see what you're going to be able to hear in the background once I've got. <laughs> Two cats and a dog. That's that's all right. I think we have. Didn't we have Malibu knock something over? Yes, yes. Malibu has knocked things over on set before whilst recording. Yep, classic Malibu. Um, he's sleeping at the moment. I just. Oh gosh, I had one question. Oh yes, one question before we wrap. Mm. Um, if I see now, I've got I've got puppy brain. Um, 
that's what it is. It's puppy brain. It's not my low ferritin stores. No, it's, it's puppy... not your iron. It's, it's just you. It, it's puppy brain. Um, I just wanted to – back to that question where I was like, you know, as I said, I felt in quite a privileged position. Well, it is a privileged position for me to be able to go to the doctor, they to say, yeah, look, you're low, and I, me to say, can I have an infusion and I can literally book in and have that infusion the next week. Yeah. Um, so that gives me that a really great chance for my stores to come up more quickly, right? Yeah. So what if I wasn't in that position to either be able, maybe I couldn't, you know, there wasn't the opportunity to have the infusion or I couldn't afford the infusion. Mm. What do you think are the best, and let's say, you know, and I've got those ferritin stores of 18, Mm, how do we get me feeling better the fastest yeah so I would be um so that's when I'd sort of pull out all stops and maximizing your gut absorption so first of all that high quality supplement the iron bisglycinate we know it's really well absorbed making sure taking that at the right time of day so you get that maximum absorption I'd probably put you straight on to that second like that's you know every second day dosing, close look at what you're eating as well. Mm-hmm. Like, are you having red meat twice a week? Are you getting some chicken and fish as well? Are you having that with some vitamin C rich vegetables? So you'd be getting a little a little formula for me of what to look for. Mm-hmm. Um, be looking at that any any hint of heavier bleeding, whether it's due to mm. red periods um, or just the, the peaks and troughs of perimenopause. Um, and looking at whether you needed some gut support or, or liver support for that and thinking about anything that would possibly get in the way of you absorbing that iron. So we'd be taking a close look at your bowel movements, making sure, you know, your gut symptoms, making sure that we're ticking all those boxes um, to maximise the effects of, of all those. The other thing to, to think about as well that we, we haven't mentioned, but we know that people who exercise intensely deplete um deplete iron faster so not usually a problem for the average woman but if um, i generally see it in young female athletes or um women who are like training for things like really long bicycle rides or triathlons Ah. that can be a factor so that's when um really being on top of that can be an issue so um yeah, just we'd be having a look at all of that really, really assertively, Chloe. Mm. Okay, well, that was brilliant. That was really, um, really helpful and I understand a lot better now the different roles that those different readings <laughs> on the um, on the iron results mean, which yeah. is cool. Um, it's really cool and, yeah, hopefully – hopefully um this might spark some of our readers if you're not feeling too crash hot uh to go and get go and ask for a blood test oh please please go and get for blood test and then and if you can see that your iron levels are low or borderline low don't don't accept the the advice that you're fine Mm. you know oh you're one above the cutoff range for deficient you're fine. Mm. Your iron is low, but your hemoglobin hasn't been affected yet. You're fine. Mm. Um, you know, or even like, even if you've got one result out of four in your iron panel low and in the red, like I've seen results where they're actually 
printed in red with a big L next to it for low. Mm. And and the woman has been told, oh, you're fine. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I've had that happen yeah. many times. I feel like a lot of, I mean, the practitioners I'm seeing lately are getting so much better at being like, no, that's not fine. And even... Um, the, the wonderful nurse that I saw at this this medical centre the other day to get uh, my infusion, she was having a look through the rest of my results as well, my blood results, and oh, no. my vitamin D, whilst technically fine, um, <laughs> yeah. is still kind of towards the lower end of fine. And she's like, no, I'd like to see it up at blah, 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 and, you know, said oh. where she'd like to see it. She said... She said, and she showed me, she was, she was really awesome. She actually said, hey, I'll show you for example. And she was able, because I'd been to the same pathology, she was able to show me results from sort of the last 10 years kind of thing. And she was yeah. able to show how to change. And also she was able to show how they'd sort of moved the marker on what they considered to be deficient or not deficient with vitamin D over the years. And she's like, yeah, I still think you should be up here. You've been up here before. Let's get you back up here. That's where you should be, not down there. And I was like, oh, and she's gone particularly coming into perimenopause, etc. you know, vitamin D, bone strength, and so on and so forth. And I was like, you are on it. You're awesome. We should we should do an episode on vitamin D as well. But, yeah, that's – she sounds fantastic. Oh, but that's amazing. Be aiming for the optimal ranges, not the – acceptable like they're called standard reference range because they look at like 90 like they look at a population and they go okay what's normal for yes population yes. not optimal like let's strive for optimal what's the ideal range oh, yes what ranges where i'm going to feel really energetic and focused and happy yes. and want to get on with my life instead of going well apparently i'm normal so why am i so freaking tired yes exactly exactly ah Really helpful episode, Kate. Thank you. Thanks for sharing all your your knowledge as always with us. It's very appreciated. And um, I, I guess I come and bring the, the lived experience. Hey, I'm thank you foggy. For... <laughs> Help me. <laughs> no, thank you for your um, perspective on the iron infusions. And I would I would love to know, maybe we can touch back on this in the future about how, how much more energized you feel now as compared to two or three weeks back and seeing yeah yeah and they will I can't remember when they retest because I'll need to get my blood redone um and they check whether the infusion has suitably pumped pumped my tires um at the moment I'm still feeling exactly the same but I I think you probably know my mind a little bit um but I only had it done last Thursday yeah, so that's, that's not not even a week yet. Um, and and also thank you for sharing your experience with a really lovely proactive GP and nurse because that's yeah. that's the sort of everyone should expect and know that it yeah. is out. find if you find that lovely practitioner. Who's yeah, going to and this support. and this practitioner was as I said it was different to my usual one and they're lovely but they're quite challenging to get in with they're sort of booked out in advance I was like look I'm I'm gonna give this other medical practice a go and I'm so glad I did because it was a female doctor she was just so lovely so caring probably maybe just a couple years older than me um and she was just like let's see how you're traveling like let's look at this you know we want you 
heading into 45, feeling awesome. And I'm like, I want that too. So um, let's do it. And then, yeah, the nurse, she was just wonderful. She was wonderful. She was an absolute gem. You know, when you just meet someone, you go, oh, my God, I love you. Yeah, I love it. You had it. I love you. Um, okay, well, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Kate. Um, and if you've stuck with us this long and you're still listening, you're like, yeah, that was cool, that was helpful, we'd really love it if you could leave us um, a review. It does help us get a little more traction on the podcast. And if you've heard this and you're like, ah, oh, that would really help my mother or my sister or my sister-in-law or my girlfriend, etc. please um, share it so that we can also spread, spread the good stuff. Awesome. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.